most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. For everyone clocking those late night DFS hours, this is our night shift episode for NFL week number eight. We will break down the Sunday night football DFS slate, the Monday night football DFS slate. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network, and here to join me, one of the most accurate fantasy football rankers, projectors in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Uh, I've hit on my last two Sunday Night Football dark throws with uh, Use Check and Kenny Gainwell. Let's see if we can make it uh, 3-0. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to go to the uh, the game later, which Hell is yeah. the NBA game, and uh, yeah, I think this is going to be. I think I'm gonna actually have uh, a bet on this Monday night game, which is rare for me. So <laughs> the the Raiders game, <laughs> yeah, Raiders Lions, nice. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll get into that. But let's uh, we'll start with the Sunday night game. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out our player projections episode over on the Action Network podcast uh channel and our fantasy preview of the main slate out right now on this channel and if you haven't joined the action network discord server be sure to jump in there and you can ask us your fantasy dfs betting questions sean's been in there giving advice and helping people out we might jump in there during these uh night games so be sure to check for the discord link in the episode description All right, Sunday Night Football, Bears at the Chargers. Chargers favored by too much, eight and a half. (laughs) Oh, really? I I think so. Um, (laughs) 46 and a half is the total, 8.20 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Luck rankings, Chicago is 31st, so they've been very unlucky. And the Chargers are middle of the pack, but the total is... Minus seven point eight, which means, uh, you know, these two teams have combined to to score seven point eight points over expected, and most of that is the Chargers, correct? Uh, I I guess so. Yeah, it looks like it's uh seven point seven of those points is the Chargers, yep. and point one is <laughs> responsible for the Bears. Um, I'll have to look into it. I'm guessing maybe the Chargers' uh, red zone touchdown percentage is uh, pretty high, and defensively. Might be low, but uh, yeah, that I, I, I actually, I mean, I want to hear your opinion on the, It sounds like you have a take on the spread, but I, I did like the under on this game before even seeing the luck rankings were on it. Um, you know, I think the Chargers should win, maybe not by more than eight and a half. Um, but, you know, the, the Bears, they just had everything go their way uh, to put up 30 plus against the Raiders. So I think, you know, it'll be a lower game, game scoring game on their end, uh, which, you know, could force the Chargers to be a bit more run heavy. So I had my eye on this under before even seeing this. Yeah, I I would definitely go under or nothing here. I would not go the over. Uh, I would go right. Bears in the under. I think the I think the number I think the spread is too high. I don't think the Chargers are very good right now. Um they cannot 
they cannot block for Justin Herbert. You know, their offensive line is is banged up. You have no Lindsley. You know, guys just aren't playing well. You know, Herbert's not really able to progress through his reads. And then, you know, without Williams, you're re- it's really down to, you know, Keenan Allen and sometimes Joshua Palmer getting open. And, you know, the Bears defense, one of the top defenses in the NFL in the month of October. So, uh, you know, that kind of lends credence to that under. But also, I just I don't think this is a smash spot for the Chargers the way, you know, I think the line is kind of set up. A lot of people are talking about Chargers and Survivor, Chargers and a tease mm. piece. I think the Chargers could easily lose this game. I mean, if you haven't seen the Chargers play, like, they're just not good. They're just very, very average, I, I think. And um, it's just just not a good look right now. So, uh, we'll we'll talk about it, uh, but let's get right into the DFS plays. Who do you like in the captain spot to have a free performance? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with um, DJ Moore here, um, mainly because he has shown you know decent chemistry with Bajent, Tyson Bajent. Um, you know, he had eight catches for 54 yards last week in their blowout win. So, you know, could see even more passing volume here since it, I guess it should be a trailing game script, could be a bit more pass heavy. Plus, Bajan's not going to, yeah, exactly. Bajan's not going to scramble as much as Fields, although he did have some decent rushing stats last week. Um, but yeah, the less scrambles Bajan has, it's going to lead to more pass attempts, which should only help more. And like I mentioned, you know, Cole Komet, um, arguably like the number two target in this offense is yet to see a target from Bajan on 39 dropbacks. So clearly, you know, DJ Moore is Bajan's guy. Um, so I like the idea of using Moore's captain here. His roster shot might be a bit lower here, you know, with no fields. Um, but I, I think he still offers the same upside, even with Bajan under center. Yeah. I like, uh, more in this spot. I think he will be on the field pretty much every play. He's playing well in the run game as well. Block, I think he's having the best run blocking season of his mm. career. So he's not coming off the field and he's going to catch balls. He's the number one separator on this team as well. So uh, like more, uh, I'm going to go with Keenan Allen here. And there are a few reasons. Number one, I don't think the Chargers are just going to be weeding <laughs> wire to wire. I mean, they never do. Uh, yeah. I think only four of their last 24 games – have come down to, you know, uh, more than one possession. So, yeah, the Chargers are probably going to play a close game, and I think the Bears are a little bit underrated here. But Keenan Allen, this season alone, has DraftKings scores of 48, 34, and 21 uh, in three of his six games. So the ceiling is massive, and he has at least one target inside the 10-yard line in five of six games this year. He is third in the NFL and targets inside the 10 with seven. And then Chicago's a pretty zone-heavy defense, and Allen averages 2.9 yards per route against zone coverage. That leads the team 10th among all wide receivers in the NFL. And we know Allen is a primary, is the Chargers' primary slot receiver. That's where he's going to line up about two-thirds of the time, and that is going to allow him to avoid Jalen Johnson for the most part. Johnson been playing really well. He's the number one graded coverage corner at PFF, allowing a 44% catch rate, under five yards of target, and a passer rating of 22.2, which is 
worse than if you just spike the ball into the ground. So <laughs> you definitely, you know, these perimeter guys on the Chargers is going to be a little, little shaky here. But Allen, I think, is going to be their top means of offense, you know, especially with the line struggling, not really opening any holes for Austin Eckler uh, either. So uh, like me, some Keenan Allen here in the spot. Can never go wrong with Keenan Allen in the captain slot. Or when you're arguing with Matthew Friedman, Allen versus A.J. Green. (laughs) A.J. Green, who's been out of the league now for three years. It's wild, though, because I'm thinking about it. A.J. Green and Julio Jones came in the same year, right? I think it was 2011. And Julio (laughs) Jones is still out here, you know, signing to practice squads and searching searching for a ring. And it seems like A.J. Green's been long gone. Like, I have an A.J. Green Bengals jersey, and it's it's a throwback now. Damn. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't say like Julio Jones is balling it up, but at least he's out there, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's still, the fact that, you know, I mean, AJ Green was bad that last, you know, really the last few yeah. years, whereas like Julio's still getting contracts. So, right. Hey, more power to him. Uh, who do you like for value? Um, I'm going with Josh Palmer here. Uh, he, I will mention he did pop up on the injury report with a knee injury. So, yeah, we'll want to make sure he's okay uh, before we actually play him. But assuming he's good to go, uh, he has been on fire. You know, he's coming off a five-catch, 133-yard game. Um, you know, ever since Mike Williams has gone down, he's really been the number two target in this offense. You know, he's averaged a 99% routes run rate, 20% target rate those three games. Um, you know, plus they've been limiting Eckler in the passing game. Quentin Johnson has yet to really step up. Gerald Everett's all banged up. Um, so it's just leading to more targets for obviously Keenan Allen, but also Josh Palmer. Um, so just considering he's just the clear number two pass catch right now, got to go with him. Yeah. Uh, the only th- I, I am a little worried about, you know, how much you, uh, Jalen Johnson lines up on him, but uh, I don't think Johnson will shadow or, or anything like that. So they should be able to just like stick uh, QJ on him and just waste him <laughs> yeah exactly. but uh you know we'll see because I, I think this in general i do think the bears defense is, is coming together they're starting mm-hmm. to blitz a little more so you know I, I know it's like considered like the one of the worst defenses but i actually think they're more like 20th range like i don't think they're like dead last so uh that'll be right. interesting but yeah palmer is you know one of the only other guys besides Allen that's really stepped up for this for this offense and uh Gerald Everett looks like he's going to miss this game and, and miss some time so they're going to need him even more for value I the first guy I love is Deontay Foreman and I think I'm I don't know where people are on him actually because <laughs> I think you know he had the massive game and I think people are kind of saying okay well now you're going to get uh Johnson back and he also split carries with Darrington Evans so Maybe people aren't too high on him, but I love Foreman this week. I think Foreman, uh, even with Johnson back, will mm-hmm. lead the backfield. Uh, I think he, you know, and we saw this with the Panthers last year, where when you put Foreman on the field, it's hard to take him off. He just starts yeah. falling out. So he's averaging 3.4 yards after contact per rush. That's 10th out of uh, 50 qualified running backs with 25 or more carries. That is almost double. Roshan Johnson's 1.9, which ranks dead last of 50 qualified <laughs> backs. And then, you know, as far as Evans, yes, they had almost equal carries. I think it was 16-14 Foreman. But when the game was competitive last week, Foreman outcarried Evans 14-7. to So about the normal, you know, starting running back 
uh, share that you would expect. And Evans averaged 3.4 yards a carry, while Foreman averaged 5.6. And that's, again, because Foreman's forcing more missed tackles, uh, getting more yards after contact. And the Chargers, they're 23rd in run defense DVOA, 31st in DVOA uh, on passes to backs. And they're giving up the most receiving yards per game to backs. And I think that's a little more important with a quarterback like Bajant, who is not going to really push the ball down the field or take a lot of chances. I think he's going to dump the ball off mm-hmm. to Foreman a lot. And we don't think of him as a receiver, but on 12 routes with Bajant last week, four targets, three catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he has a career-high 20% target rate this year. It's uh, 8% higher than his career average, which is around 12. So I, I think Deontay Foreman is going to run it back and have another great game. And I think this is going to be the start of – a similar situation to what we saw last year where he just kind of takes control of his Mm -hmm. backfield. Even if Khalil Herbert comes back, uh, I'm going to call it now. I think Deontay Foreman uh, remains the starter for the bears for the rest of the season. So love me some Foreman and uh, Mooney as well. Uh, I think Mooney's interesting here, you know, after DJ Moore, it's tough, but I I think, you know, Mooney over the middle underneath this charger defense, dead last in DVOA on passes to the short middle. And you're going to see Jasir Taylor a lot uh, in the slot. He's got a 45 PFF coverage grade, which is 104th out of 117 qualifiers. So definitely one of the weak links in that Charger secondary. And uh, Mooney has a 92% route rate in the last two games, 89% the last four. So I think he should be able to to catch some easy ones underneath. And Taylor, you know, in that slot has given up 47 or more receiving yards in four or six games. Staley talked about, you know, potentially playing more man coverage uh, this week. So I think you are going to see this matchup. And, and I think Mooney uh, is going to pop for, you know, four or five catches uh, in this spot. So like love Foreman and, and like Mooney yes. as well. Yeah, I think Foreman's a great play because – um, especially for the one game slate, just you, you can't assume that the Chargers are going to blow them out. So there could be a game script where the Bears are actually leading uh, yep. and Foreman has a massive game. The one thing I would be concerned about, I mentioned on our other pod, is just his receiving usage. But like you said, Bajan's more likely to check down than Justin Fields. So even if he gets like a hit to his routes run rate, he could still end up catching a few balls. Um, so yeah, yeah, I could definitely get behind this. And I agree with you. I'm, I'm like the biggest Kilo Herbert fan. Uh, I think Roshan Johnson's like a really underrated rookie, but there is no reason for like Foreman to take a backseat to either of these guys right now. Like as long as he's playing like this, he's going to be the Bears' starting running back. Yeah, we've and we've seen this like again last year, and you know he can be part of a committee, but if you need him to carry twenty twenty five times in a game and, yeah. and really carry it low, he could do that too. So uh, yeah, like him this week. Uh, who do you like for? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Well, let's try to make this three and out row where my dart throw scores a touchdown. So I'm going with Donald Parham. Um, it does look like you mentioned, it does look like Gerald Everett could miss this game. Uh, I would obviously love Parham there, but his roster ship will obviously spike. Uh, even if Everett suits up, like I'm going with Donald Parham here. Um, you know, he, he should see a boost in playing time either way. Uh, it was kind of weird that it was Stone Smart who actually saw the biggest increase in playing time last week. Um, but, you know, he he doesn't really command targets. I, I don't know if that's something that's sticky. I think Parham 
would take over most of Gerald Everett's snaps if he were to be out. Uh, plus, Donald Parham is just constantly one of Justin Herbert's sneaky favorite uh, red zone targets. So he's always a threat, you know, for a vulture touchdown. So especially in this game where Everett could be banged up or missed, uh, you know, the chances of Parham scoring a touchdown go way up here. Yeah, I you know, Parham is, uh, that's like his specialty. He's a part of their red zone package. And I think that's why sometimes his snap rates from game to game fluctuate a little bit because um, there's certain packages with him. And maybe that's why Smart played uh, mm. behind Everett last game because uh, maybe, you know, Parham wasn't really uh, practicing as, you know, prepared to take over yeah. that role or whatever. But yeah, if that, like Everett hasn't practiced this week and from everything I'm hearing, it sounds like he's going to miss. So I, I would think they'll, they'll get Parham up to speed here and allow him to play that tight end one role. They'll have Trey McKitty active in that mm-hmm. in that case, which they didn't last week as well, which is another reason why uh, you might have seen Smart uh, play a little more than we thought. But, I mean, Smart is an interesting dart throw as well if, mm-hmm. if Everett misses because, like you said, everyone will be on uh, Parham in that yeah. situation. But I got a couple from the Bears because, again, I think, you know, you have this big spread, everyone kind of – kind of just assumes that the Chargers are going to get right game. And, and it well could be, but this is the NFL. Uh, things don't usually go that easy. So uh, I think, oh, you know, rostering some of these Chicago Bears and going a little heavier than the uh, field is uh, a way to get an edge in this spot. So I like Tyler Scott as a dart throw. He ran a season-high 69% route rate last week, 65% in the last two games, remember, Claypool is no longer here. So this is your new wide receiver three, the rookie Scott. Second on the Bears in targets and air yard share at 29% over the last two games. So uh, not a, you, again, not expecting a ton of air yards from Bajan, but um, still good to see that Scott uh, is uh, is involved. And he's also got multiple carries twice in the last four games. So four carries in the last four games, uh, but those came in two games with two apiece. So um, they're definitely going to look to get him some touches, I think. And then uh, another one, and this is a true dart throw because it looks like Roshan is going to be back, but I think it's possible even that Darrington Evans remains the running back two over Johnson. Because remember, you know, early in the year, you know, Johnson was third on the depth chart and, you know, okay, he, he, he moved up, but if you look at, Evans usage he played more than Johnson ever has once he was the RB2 14 and 9 carries Johnson's high was 8 and then a 33% route rate with a high of 41 Johnson averaged a 27% route rate with a high of 36 so um Evans is another guy who you know may continue to get playing time even with uh Johnson back in the fold Johnson may just return to that um, you know, RB3 role that he started the first couple of games in. And, you know, if Evans is the RB2, you know, probably going to get some work. Whoever is the RB2 should get, you know, mm-hmm. six to eight touches in this game. So I think it's worth taking a dart throw on Evans because I'm sure if Johnson returns, you know, there's people that think he might be a starter, which is certainly possible. But mm-hmm. uh, just kind of looking at the numbers, looking at their yards after contact, looking at the usage and reading between the lines. It seems like it very uh, well may be Foreman, Evans, Johnson third in the pecking order. So I think Evans will be the guy that's not really going to get 
much roster ship uh, in that case. So love him as a, you know, kind of true dart throw here. And you could, if the, you know, if there's a blowout either way, if the Chargers blow out the Bears or the Bears mm. blow out the Chargers, you're going to see, I think, the backup running back in the game. So uh, like Scott, like Evans as well. Yeah, Evans might be the slight favorite to lead the backfield in routes run. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was interested, like, uh, Travis Homer returned. I thought there was a chance he would eat into Evans' work. That didn't happen at all. Uh, I'm guessing if Roshan's back, that Homer might be just inactive. Uh, nah, I think yeah. he would, he's a he's a special teamer, oh, so okay. I'm pretty sure he would never act. It well, would, they might have it might actually be Johnson to be inactive or Evans, one of those two guys. Oh well, yeah. I, well, yeah. if Evans is inactive, I think that'll be clear not to play him. Right. Uh, but either way, like Homer's return did not impact Evans' play, uh, usage whatsoever. So that was just good to see for Evans. Um, but yeah, like love taking Evans here. I, I wouldn't take Evans and Foreman in the same lineup, but you can have one for different types of game scripts. But yeah, love investing in the Bears backfield here. I actually would take Evans and Foreman oh. in the same because this Charger defense has been terrible on the ground and through the air against running backs. And, you know, we saw it last week where. 16 carries for Foreman, 14 for Evans. That's 30 combined carries before even factoring in catches. So I, I do think actually it's viable to take two Bears running backs. As crazy yeah. as it sounds. Well, yeah, it's crazy. That's why it might work. I just think <laughs> with Roshan, it will make it tougher for both to hit. But um, yeah, yeah, I take your point. If if you were going to make 150 lineups, how many of them would have Kerry Blaston game? I knew it? you were going to ask me that. <laughs> um, Out of 150, probably like... Two or three. Not, yeah, I, okay. It, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I think we'd have to have a situation similar to what happened <laughs> on that Thursday game where everybody yeah. went, which is, you know, not the, I mean, we saw it happen once, but even <laughs> right. when he got in, he didn't really do anything. He's not right. really a guy that's um, uh, experienced carrying a football like that or, or doing anything with it, with the rocks. So yeah, maybe two or three. Yeah. Not many good you? fullbacks this year. Uh, it'd be like one. Yeah, yeah, it's... yeah. Because like, if four running backs are active, all four would somehow have to get knocked out of the game to have that right, situation. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you would. Yeah, Homer would probably be active. Um, <laughs> Where he he parlayed it eight carries for twenty six yards. So even in that situation, not much ceiling. Yeah, I think I would rather if I'm going with like a big a big boy mm-hmm. on the Bears, I would probably go Mercedes Lewis because I think he is going to get some snaps for his run blocking and mm-hmm. you know he could always slip out if you're in the red zone slip yeah. out for an easy play action touchdown or something like that i think he drew even with tunyon in terms of snaps last week did lewis so another guy to keep uh keep an yeah, eye I on i wonder if some of those were at the end when it was a when they had the backups in um but yeah i noticed that too i mean he's more of a he's more of like a, a kind of like another red zone guy but they had you know People, most of the guys played like they were kind of just rotating guys. Like even Foreman and Evans, like Evan, like Evans got seven of the last ten carries, but it wasn't like Foreman completely left, and then Evans got the last yeah. seven carries. It was kind of back and forth. So, um, yeah, I think I think Lewis will get a couple snaps uh, mm-hmm. here and there. So let's go to the Monday Night Football DFS slate. We got the Raiders going to Detroit to take on the Lions coming off an embarrassing loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Lions favored by eight and a half to total 46 and a half. The Lions, the fifth luckiest uh, team in the luck rankings. Vegas is middle of the pack. Uh, and the total slight lean to the over, uh, ve- mainly because of Vegas. They're plus yeah. 4.6. Detroit minus 2.4, but it's still 
you're you're showing some uh, value over expected on the over, and that kind of makes sense uh, because I do think that this is kind of a a Lions bounce back spot. You're you're back at home, and uh, you know that's that's when they play well. This Vegas defense hasn't hasn't been good. So even if you get O'Connell for the Raiders, I think we know the Lions are capable of scoring mm-hmm. uh, in the 30s to kind of get the total there. So, uh, but who do you like in the captain spot? I'm going with Jameer Gibbs here. Um, you know, he just has massive upside if David Montgomery does miss again. Um, you know, he's my RB2 right now, assuming Montgomery misses this week. Me too, uh, and, by the way. Oh, you really? Asked me that oh, earlier nice. in the week, you're like, where's Gibbs? You, I, you had him number two. And yeah, after I, uh, you know, fiddled with some usage and, yeah. lock, and you know, locked it's, him in, yeah, he's, he's definitely number two for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he dominated usage last week. Just the, the problem was the Lions got blown out by the Ravens. So, um, you know, they had to abandon the run. Uh, they didn't have the ball as much. Um, but, you know, Gibbs obviously flashed his pass catching upside. That's always going to be there. But, you know, if if they, uh, you know, have the ball more than they did last week uh, and they play with the lead, you know, he could rack up 15 plus carries as well. Um, so he just has a ton of upside. It's an easy matchup against the Raiders. Uh, like you said, I, I do think this is a bounce back spot for the Lions in general. Uh, so I'm, I'm going with Gibbs in the captain slot, assuming uh, Dave Montgomery's out again. And even if Monty plays, you know, I'll, I'll still like Gibbs here, maybe not in the captain slot, but at least, you know, as a value play. Yeah, I, I I don't think Montgomery's playing. I'm pretty sure okay. they were they're talking about a multi-week absence. I know okay. he's just he's still listed as questionable on the official injury report, but it's, he was right. a DNP. Um so I'm pretty sure he's gonna miss at least uh one more. It seems like the Lions haven't gotcha. had a healthy backfield all year, right? Every time <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Every time one guy comes back, another one leaves. So Yeah, uh, and but, even like Gibbs and Reynolds were technically banged up last week, but yeah, it just hasn't been healthy yet. And Muhammad Ibrahim got hurt too. So like they had four backs up and, and, and yeah. another one went down. So <laughs> like, yeah, they just can't, can't keep guys healthy in the backfield for some strange reason. Um, I got to go with Sun God here in the captain spot. Amara <laughs> St. Brown, 16 or more DraftKings points in every single game this year, 10 or more FanDuel points in five out of six. So he's not only got the ceiling, but he's got the floor. Uh, he's had games of 33, 26 and 22 DraftKings points. and uh, dating back to last season, he's had 15 or more DraftKings points in 11 of his last 15 games. That is amazing high floor, high ceiling consistency. And over his last 15 games dating back to last year, he's had 22 or more DraftKings points 40% of the time. That is, I mean, this guy is just, he is <laughs> one of the one of the best players in fantasy, point blank, period. Um, so love him in this spot and particularly because of this matchup. So Raider, the Raiders are 21st in pass defense DVOA. We know they're not great. 30th over the middle of the field in DVOA and 27th on short passes. And why is that? Because all the Raiders are doing is trying to prevent explosive plays. And you hear that from a lot of defenses, but the Raiders are actually doing a, a good job of it. They are allowing the third fewest, uh, the third lowest rate of explosive passes, uh, just under 9%. So that that's great for a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, because that just means instead of like, let's say Jamison Williams getting a 70-yard chunk, you have to drive down the field 
methodically and you yeah. know those yards you can get four or five catches on a drive sometimes for for ASB and that's how you're going to really rack up these these fantasy points so I think this is the perfect matchup where it's uh it's a easy matchup but the scheme is going to allow him I think to catch to catch balls underneath so uh love ASB in the captain spot 34 targets in the last two com- games combined. He's a new Keenan Allen, right? Like like when Keenan retires, yeah. this is going to be the guy we're talking about in 10 years. Just like, yeah, every <laughs> single year, he's a lot. Yeah. Seven pa- seven catches a game, you know, just yep. pencil him in for, you know, <laughs> six to eight touchdowns, yeah. 1,300 yards. Yep. He's Keenan Allen. Uh, I, I think my um, most receptions on the season prop with him is back back in business. Um, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, well, he missed he missed that game, which was brutal. Yeah. Uh, but Everyone every every receiver is gonna probably <laughs> miss one game. Uh, but yeah, Puka Deku is still leading the way of fifty eight. But uh, yeah, I, I got it. I got uh, Sun got it like eighteen to one or something ridiculous. This is when Cooper Cup's injury popped up, and it looked like he might miss a few weeks. So I tried to get ahead of it. Uh, but yeah, if he keeps playing like this, uh, could take down that market. Love it, and you're you got you got half of that uh, Niners last undefeated team, so you're yeah racking up on we, these long shots. We need uh, Montgomery to return soon for your bet. He, I think he still has yeah, a chance for that, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I like I yeah, kind of, but I mean, I don't know. He's starting to miss a little, a few too many games. I think my livest one is Jordan Love to lead the league in picks. He's got he's in oh. third place, but Jimmy is in first and. Jimmy's probably not going to play enough games. And then <laughs> yeah. you have uh, Jalen Hurts is probably not going to continue throwing picks at that high right. rate. So um, Jordan Love, is it, he's definitely live. Uh, yeah, so I that. remember when he came to that conclusion, we were like talking it out. Uh, yeah, that was a great angle. He, he's definitely a, a live one there. All right, who do you like for value in this Lions-Raiders game? I, I'm going to go with Michael Mayer here um, because, you know, he, he leapfrogged Austin Hooper, you know, as the main pass-catching tight end a few weeks ago. Uh, still not, you know, seeing a ton uh, of routes run. I think he peaked at like 62% uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. But he's there, you know, and he's a talented rookie tight end that, you know, is only going to get better. Uh, he was ex- actually expected to be the first tight end drafted uh, this year, mainly due to, you know, being a good two-way player. He's an excellent blocker. Uh, had a disappointing two-catch 16-yard game last week. Uh, but, you know, that was with Brian Hoyer. Um, so assuming, you know, Jimmy G returns this week or they go back to Aiden O'Connell I think that would help uh Mayer and the passing offense um I I like investing in him um again he's only going to get better uh and this should be you know a trailing pass heavy game script so I think this is another game where Mayer could have um similar to what we saw you know back in uh, week six where I think he caught like four passes for over 50 yards or something but uh you know he's going to have those game more of those games going forward for sure yeah, and we haven't heard anything about Renfro on the move yet, but we know they're looking oh, to trade yeah. him, so that yeah. could even open up a couple of of routes and snaps and, and targets for, yeah. for Mayer as well. Maybe they start going with more uh, double tight end personnel uh, as well. Uh, I'm going with Jacoby Myers here. Top, he's a top 15 fantasy wide receiver this year, which is, I mean, props to him, you know, looked like, oh, is he just a volume guy in the Patriots kind of default? number one but he's he's giving Devontae Adams a run for his money uh, in terms of fantasy production he leads the NFL in targets inside the 10 yard line uh, tied with Devontae Adams with nine and then leads the league uh, by himself and catches inside the 10 and yards inside the 10 and is tied with Travis Kelsey for the most touchdowns so he's the leader or tied in every category 
inside the 10. Now you just got to hope the Raiders can make it that far. But uh, Detroit plays uh, zone coverage at uh, one of the highest rates in the league. And Myers, two yards per route against zone, just 1.3 against man coverage. So uh, this scheme, is uh, it suits him to get some production. And Detroit, eighth in DVOA against number one wide receivers, but 27th against number two wide receivers. And I think that's because... Cam Sutton, you know, will follow uh, the top receiver from time to time. Now, they're still usually playing zone, but he'll at least line up on the same side uh, as the top wide receiver uh, at, at times when there is a, a spot like that. So you could see him, uh, you know, match up with Devontae here. And I would leave Myers to face either Jerry Jacobs, who's questionable with a knee, or Will Harris. And uh, Sutton's the top 40 corner, but Jacobs is 67th in PFF and Harris is 102, 102nd. So um, I think Myers is going to get uh, an easier matchup. I think the, I do think the Raiders will end up trailing at some point, uh, potentially rather quickly uh, in this game. Cause again, you know, when you see good teams off blowout losses, they tend to bounce back in a big way uh, in the, uh, in the next game. So uh, I do think the Raiders are going to have some trailing game script here so like Myers and then by that same token yeah uh, I also like the Lions defense special teams here Vegas allowing the six most fantasy points to opposing defense and special teams and it doesn't really matter which quarterback you get you know the Raiders have an NFL high 12 interceptions I mentioned Jimmy G leads the league and then Hoyer's throwing one every 26 attempts and O'Connell's throwing one every 21 attempts and if O'Connell is the starter his uh, pressure to sack rate is 54%. That is mm. absurd. That means, <laughs> you know, like yeah. more than half the time, he's just going down under pressure. So, you know, we saw Khalil Mack go just bonkers in, in O'Connell's start. So I think this could be a, a big game for this Lions. D, and I mentioned, you know, good teams that get blown out tend to bounce back just to put some numbers to it. So, when you have a team with a straight-up winning percentage of 60% or more that got blown out by 20 or more points uh, mm. the prior week, the next week, regardless whether they're a favorite or an underdog, doesn't matter, 80, 39, and 1, 67% against the spread since 2003, according to our Action Labs data, covering by an average of 5.4 points per game so this is a this is a lion smash spot uh so i think the defense is definitely in consideration because you could see a, a highly concentrated um kind of touch share you could like a lot of touches for st brown gibbs you know jacobs and you know adams myers and, and not really much else going on for for, for these teams so uh, i think you know looking at the defense for the lions could be a way to kind of get some some production uh, on the cheap because you're not going to be able to afford every one of these uh, studs, obviously, uh, in your lineup. So like the Lions D and like uh, Jacoby. Yeah, uh, I, I watched that Aiden O'Connell start. Um, he is definitely sackable. He would just stand <laughs> there like a statue. It was horrible. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Jacoby Myers, uh, what he, didn't he set like the NFL record for most receptions without a touchdown or something to begin his career? He had like over 100. Uh, the last 16 games, he has 11 touchdowns. So just goes to show that uh, positive touchdown regression is yeah. real. 
Yeah, a- yeah <laughs> AKA, yeah, it's, it's, it's touchdowns aren't, it's just all about usage, right? It's, you yeah. know, he's, he's getting targets. He's on the field almost every snap. So, yeah, obviously he's starting to score touchdowns. Uh, who do you like for dark rooms? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, I'm going to go with Trey Tucker, and you kind of already alluded to this with Hunter Renfro, not only being phased out, uh, but he might just be flat out traded away, you know, maybe before this game or, at, you know, before the deadline. But Trey Tucker's essentially become the new number three wide receiver. Um, you know, he's run a 55% routes run rate the past two games he hasn't had a huge game yet but he does have big playability i mean his a dot's 18.4 yards down the field um he usually gets a design rush attempt a game he has two rush attempts for over 15 yards this year so another path for him to be you know a good dart throw and if aiden o'connell is playing i would like tucker uh o'connell's kind of like a yellow guy he's kind of like Jameis winston he will just chuck it down the field trey tucker's who he had chemistry with in the preseason so uh, you talk about that all the time where the backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. have better chemistry with these kind of like ancillary receivers. So Trey Tucker is definitely a, a bet for like a long play, a long touchdown. He has uh, 90 plus percentile speed. Uh, he's a speedster. So uh, he definitely profiles as deep threat. So uh, going to go Trey Tucker here. Yeah. And I like it because you get some leverage on, you know, Devonte Adams, who yeah. you know, Devonte could always, he's, <laughs> probably going to get his 10 plus targets, but he could have one of those games like he did last week where it was like seven catches for 57 or something like that. So if he doesn't put up, you know, big efficiency numbers and Tucker catches a long ball that, that takes even more, you know, volume compiling uh, chances away from, from Adams and even Myers as well. So uh, yeah, I like Tucker. And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like Josh McDaniels is just, I mean, so many decisions that you could just point to, like, why? I mean, I know Hunter Renfro likes to freestyle on his routes, but he gets open. It's like, Mm. I I feel like you got to adjust to your personnel. So it's weird that, you know, he just has zero use for for Hunter Renfro, but he does does like Tucker. And one of the best things I I saw McDaniels do this year was, uh, I think it was when Hoyer came in that game against the, uh, the Patriots, they it was like a third down and they doubled Adams and he he knew Bel- what exactly what Belichick was going to mm. do and so he knew he was going to have single coverage everywhere else so he sends Tucker like to kind of stress the defense right right over the Adams route and just that's when they hit that long ball so uh, Tucker definitely they definitely have some some good play calls for him mm-hmm. uh, to get loose so I, I do like him quite a bit uh I'm going to go with some Craig Reynolds here again think Montgomery yeah. is likely going to miss. Looks like Reynolds is good, should be good to go. Uh, the Raiders are bottom five in run defense. DVOA lines are eight point favorite. Already mentioned the trend is in their favor coming off a, a big loss. And if you have a positive game script in this spot, that's where Reynolds could get some mop up duty. 26 of his 31 touches this year have come in the second half, and over half of his touches this year have come in the fourth quarter and he does have uh three carries and a touchdown inside the 10 yard line so you're not afraid to use him in scoring position and if this is uh a big bounce back spot you could see him get you know six to ten touches and i mean the, the way these line running backs have been going down dropping like flies uh i think it's it's just good leverage on jameer gibbs who obviously carry a ton of, of ownership regardless. So uh, mm-hmm. like Craig Reynolds uh, in the spot for a dark role. 
Yeah, he almost didn't even play last week, so that's why his his usage might have been a little bit lower than I was expecting, at least. Um, but yeah, if, if they do have like a goal line carry, I think he'd be the favorite to get it. Uh, I think he would take over goal line duties. Um, I think we can't get out of here without at least mentioning Jamison Williams as a potential Darth Row. <laughs> uh, how could you not have some shares of Jamison Williams? Uh, 143 air yards last week, zero actual receiving yards. I know that that did no good for people in week uh, seven. I was like, what the hell week is it? Uh, but it, it could mean that he is due for, uh, you know, one of those patented two catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Yes. I mean, yeah, obviously <laughs> you, we always want to, you know, attack these unrealized air yards, but yeah, I will say it's not exactly the defensive matchup because again, Ra- the Raiders, the one thing they've done well this year is top three in limiting ex- explosive pass plays. So mm. um, it, it would be a contrarian play. And obviously Williams is talented and uh, I, I have liked what I've seen in terms of he's getting, he's getting open. He's definitely, yeah. you know, you could see why they drafted him, but we know Jared Goff is usually not going to look deep uh, first uh, or he's going to come off that. Read. And I mean, if you had, Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta, you probably would do the same thing. Just look, you know, intermediate, <laughs> short, and just yeah. find those guys. And so, Gibbs. Gibbs. Yeah, right, too. and Gibbs. <laughs> so, you know, but, I mean, they, I, I just think they probably just want to get him going, you know, keep his confidence up, and mm-hmm. use him to continue to to scare defense. Because he, he already he, – he helps their offense even when he's not catching passes because he just puts so much stress on their defense, and that is what opens things up for – these guys underneath. So I think, yeah. you know, Laporta, Amara, St. Brown, if he could even get more efficient, if that's even possible, I think that's going to happen. I think you're going to continue to see Jared Goff be uh, ruthlessly efficient, especially in, in home games like this with Williams on the field. But, you know, like we talked about before the season began, it's, it's just, I don't think it, the production is going to be consistent, but this right. is, you know, one game slate, perfect kind of <laughs> much better than redraft fantasy. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. If you're playing him, you know, you're going head to head in a 12 team, just typical fancy league. That is not smart, uh, but certainly a showdown slate. We we can have some fun here and take some shares of Jamison Williams. That's all I'm getting at. I was trying to get like a positive take from you. Uh, I failed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like what he looks. But no, I, I, like, what, I like how he looks on film. I, but yeah. this is kind of yeah, what that, I, I thought. Did you see it would that be. comeback route a couple weeks ago? Oh, he yeah. stopped on the die, and the yeah. cornerback just went skiing. Uh, I, he is going to have to get better. Um, but yeah, there's the only time we can really play him are these showdown slates. That's all. That's all I'm getting at. Wh- who would you, if I gave you a prop, uh, yeah. more yards straight up prime time, Quentin Johnson or Jameson Williams, who would you take? That's a good one. Um, I think Quentin Johnson has the higher floor. So I'd go with him. Does he? I mean... Uh, they're both... <laughs> look, they both have a low floor. I'm not saying that Quentin Johnson has a high floor in theory. But out of the two, yeah, yeah. I, I would go with Quentin Johnson. I think I would still go J-Mo just because... I get what you're saying. Johnson has the higher floor because he's running more routes. But I think Jameson Williams is getting open more per route. And thus... Like he's still getting open more. So like if Johnson runs 70% of the routes, but gets open like three times and Williams runs like 30% of the routes, but gets open seven times. I feel like that's still a higher floor for Williams, but I mean, well, Quentin Johnson is getting open (laughs) at times and Herbert's just not 
looking his yeah. way, which is yeah. obviously an issue. Uh, there was that one, I think it was uh, Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago where Quentin Johnson was like fairly open deep. Herbert was trying to throw it to him and he got his arm hit and the ball went, you know, 30 feet and fell incomplete. Uh, if Herbert completes that pass, maybe we're talking differently about Quentin Johnson right now. I said the, you know, he's already a bust. Hype is like overblown for sure. Like he's going to take some time to uh, adjust the NFL. Unfortunately, you know, Mike Williams getting hurt kind of forced him in there. So now he's getting scrutiny. But I think long-term, I still believe in Quentin Johnson. Jamison Williams though, like, you know, he's, he's also a project too. Uh, but that is a great prop. I would I would say that their props are probably similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of now, I would slightly, slightly lean Johnson. All right, we can get some side action yeah. on that. I'll oh, go Jamo. Yeah, Somehow sure. I'm on Jamo. I don't even know how. Like, <laughs> <it's> like... <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, Palmer and Everett are banged up, so mm-hmm. you know that could help uh, Quentin Johnson. True. But yeah, maybe we could lock in this bet tonight. Let's do it. Uh, and one more question I have before we get out of here. Uh, what do you think of Antoine Green? Because you do got you do have no more Marvin Jones. We know Jamo's not really a full time guy. I think I saw Khalif Raymond on the injury report as well. So uh, Green ran about forty five percent, around forty five percent of the dropbacks. I know it was a blowout. So like, how <laughs> many? How much are you projecting for him this week? Yeah, that's a good. I want to hear your projection too. I have him at thirty percent. Um, I still have Jamer on 50%, but with, you know, Marvin Jones out, uh, that does clear up some, some routes. And I, I do have, um, you know, some of those going to Antoine Green, who, who's kind of like Jamison Williams, right? He just, he's out there running wind sprints. He's not going to see many targets. He is mainly a deep threat. Um, you know, I was saying that when Jamison was out, Antoine Green's the most likely guy to kind of fill in that role. So with both guys there, I don't know how that works out. If anything, this just means more targets for Sun God and Laporta and Jameer Gibbs, right? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind taking a uh, a little sprinkle of green, you oh, know, with the yeah, 45% his, it, uh, route rate last game. Well, his roster ship will be, his roster ship will be, what, 1%? A little higher than that. If I that, mean, I'm sure you think somebody, so? I think yeah, I think, the, I think more like five, I mean, it's a showdown, so you only got so many options, right? That's like, true. I just <laughs> think he's so under the radar, though. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it, it should be higher. Yeah, I, I Antoine Green, is like excellent leverage uh, against Jamison Williams, who obviously will be, you know, rostered at a higher clip. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think Green is definitely sneaky here as well. Yeah, right now, I just have him for his uh, season-long route rate. So it's uh, about uh, 18% is what I have him. Mm. Uh, but I might bump him up a little more. Um, Got to put it in, you know, model for like when it's like a recent game versus whole season. Yeah. and. I'll probably bump up a little, but uh, yeah, I, I noticed he, uh, him, him, Raymond, and Williams kind of split snaps fairly evenly behind St. Yeah. Brown and Reynolds. So that's definitely something to uh, monitor going forward. All right, that is going to do it for our week eight night shift episode. Be sure to check out the full list of luck rankings at actionnetwork.com for more great fantasy content from Sean and I. We have our full player projections episode that's out right now over on the Action Network podcast channel. And our fantasy preview episode is right here on the Fantasy Flex podcast channel, actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content, fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Go join the Action Network Discord server for some extra fun. Link in the episode description. Find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon, and we're at those same handles on a free award-winning 
Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.